It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome, everyone, to the Kilbasa King Sports Extravaganza, of course, brought to you by Bucky's Quarter. Uh, and uh, this is Jay Kokorowski. we got the Polish rifle, Scott Wisniewski, here. And uh, welcome, everybody. And uh, what, just a week from Christmas. It's crazy. Obviously, we'll be talking some bowl chat, uh, maybe not this week, but next week, talking about the Cotton Bowl, the Badgers, and Western Michigan, the undefeated Broncos. So we'll talk about that next week a little bit more but this week we're going to focus primarily on we got right now the green bay packers in out to a huge 17 point lead most of the way through the third quarter of course then squander that lead only to take it back in the last minute in the closing seconds with mason crosby's field goal to win 30 to 27 we got the you know polish rifle scott wisniewski here too we got from Acme Packing Company, we got Tex Western. Tex, how you doing, buddy? I know you're out in L.A. How is that California weather? Oh, man, it's a heck of a lot better than it was in Chicago today, that's for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm walking out on the beach right now, to be perfectly honest with you, and I can, uh, I can, I can deal with this for, for a little longer than, uh, than I get a chance to this week. So, But uh, heading, heading back tonight, and uh, I'll be, uh, yeah, back to – Back to good old glorious cold midwestern weather by tomorrow. Yeah, it's terrible up here between the snow and the cold. <laughs> but um, let's jump right into the game a little bit today. And before we went out here, Jake, man, we talked about the defense and you know how poorly they played in the fourth quarter. And and one of the things I pointed out was things like that usually go hand in hand. Yeah, the defense was getting beat up a little bit in the fourth quarter after playing real solid for three quarters. But a lot of that also, I think, was a byproduct of uh, some ineffective offense in the fourth quarter, some three and outs and, and things of that nature. But overall, you look at the game, and I've always said, especially when you're hunting for a playoff spot, a win's a win, and, you know, style points don't seem to matter too much. They played with a hobbled quarterback who really didn't have a lot of mobility. They found a, a, a running back, perhaps, uh, well, we already knew Montgomery was playing running back, but uh, looked really good today. But what, what was your overall take on the game and, and some of the things you saw on both sides of the ball? Yeah, I think overall the, the, the play of the running game, just in general, was astounding. Um, Montgomery, he's made plays that I haven't seen a Green Bay running back make since probably I'm on green, just slipping out of tackles, uh, turning something, you know, turning – a two-yard loss into a 61-yard gain on that that one big break that he had um, in early on, and I think that's uh, it's a testament to the offensive line kind of playing a little better in the run game, but also just uh, just Montgomery's natural ability. And now that he's really starting to settle into this running back role, I think it really suits him. I think it suits his, his skill set and his body body style and uh, you know his his general uh, abilities. And I think you're going to see him uh, 
definitely looked at as as a running back for the for the long haul moving forward because I don't think you can ignore um, what he did today and and what he's done these last couple of games and and then that that Christian Michael run too which was great and and I, I do hope that they bring him back for for another go around next year and if you have a, a trio of let's say Montgomery uh, Michael and then potentially bringing Lacey back that's a, a dangerous looking set of running backs uh, for for any defensive face. Yeah, you know, in Texas, it's one thing, too, where, okay, they get that interception. I think it was the second one by Clinton Dix, right, uh, in, in the third quarter. Yep. And I'm like, all yeah. right, I'm, they're 20 to 10. I'm going to go get a haircut because I, I need to look pretty this week, right? And so I head down to my sports clips, and I hear, you know, the interception, and next thing you know, I'm going in for a haircut, and, you know, I see Christian Michael go in on that 42-yard touchdown run, right? What in granted now my eyesight goes bonkers because I have to take off my glasses when I get my hair cut. <laughs> what happened after they build that seventeen point lead that what you know wiped out that advantage where you're hearing on the radio Wayne Larrabee say dagger, like with a minute left yeah. in the third quarter from that what happened in those in that final quarter that I mean Matt Barkley looks good to me. You know, which, you know, yeah. obviously he's a former USC quarterback. He's from Matter Die High School, uh, same as Kyle Pennison for the Badgers. What happened that led, you know, obviously there has to be some offense stuff too with them getting off the field too quick that, that led to that as well. But what happened? What led that very resurgence in that final quarter? Well, it looked like um, the Packers did what they, they tend to do so often when they have a, a two or three score lead. And that's they went back into a deep off coverage instead of playing the press man that they play so well, and they just gave a huge cushion underneath. And Markley started taking advantage of of the open receivers underneath those 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 deep coverages, and letting his guys make some plays uh, after the catch and just completing easy passes. And uh, I, I think you saw them them start to build some confidence and and get some uh, some sustained drives going and, and get Barkley in a rhythm. And then eventually you saw Demarius Randall. He just got benched after he got flat out run over by uh, by Bellamy for that one touchdown. Um, he didn't play much of the fourth quarter at all. So you're sitting there with Gunter, Rollins, and Hyde as your three cornerbacks, um, and and playing a lot of man coverage with Mike Hyde on some of those bears, those big Bears receivers. Um, doesn't, doesn't tend to work out so well. And then like like you mentioned, Scott, the the offense not giving them any help with going three and out a couple times in that fourth quarter. That was that was extremely frustrating to watch. So I think all of those those situations kinda combined to, to lead to that. You had you had questionable teaming with, with that off coverage. You had a, a good young cornerback who gets sat down and good offense but can't keep your defense off the field and, and that's a recipe for disaster. You know, I thought the same thing. I think Barkley's probably getting some extended playing time. He's starting to look like the player uh, that they thought he could be when he got to the pros. Elshon Jeffrey's still a great receiver when he's on the field and not injured or suspended. But speaking of quarterbacks, now, Aaron Rodgers looked good still the ball, but he looked hobbled by the captain a couple times, even when he did run the ball, where he clearly would have normally outrun the guy chasing him and, and got caught mm-hmm. from behind a couple times. You got to tip your hat. He gutted it out, did enough for this to win. But going forward, it's really not the chance to take the break going through the last two games. And if they're able to make the playoffs, there isn't going to be an extended time for that injury to heal. 
So is it something that you think can heal along the way, or is it just going to hobble him the rest of however many games the Packers have left in their season? Well, I think it's a lot similar to, to the 2014 season down the stretch, where you saw him you know, get that, that calf injury to his left calf against Tampa late in the season. And, yeah, he was, he was limited the whole rest of the season. Uh, playoffs included. And even in that year when, when they had the benefit of a playoff bye, he still came out and wasn't quite himself against uh, against Dallas or against Seattle in the playoffs. So I don't expect him to, to magically get better by next week or or potentially by, by a playoff run or anything like that. I think you're going to see this the same sort of um, you know, the Aaron Rodgers who can still kind of dance around in the pocket a little bit, but he just isn't going to have that scrambling ability that's made him so lethal, especially on third downs earlier on this season. We're here with Tex Western from Acme Packing Company. Make sure you guys follow him on Twitter at Tex Western, all one word. Follow Acme Packing Company as well. Great stuff. Uh, don't get a chance to talk with Tex as much as we'd like to. I know we're all, we're all busy uh, especially uh, with everything going on. It's great having him on the show. Yeah, let's, let's talk about Devontae Adams, right? This is a obviously a couple of critical <laughs> drops where this is a obviously left eight points off the board, but, you know, field goal drives, points still put on the board, right? But quite a bit, two touchdown passes, the game out of not out of reach, but at that point drastically is altered. Uh, what do you make out of that? Is it just a bad day? Obviously, he's had some issues in the past, but is it just a bad day? And he's had an overall really solid, good 2016 campaign, right? Yeah, definitely. I, I think you, you hit it on the head. It was just a bad day for him. And, I mean, he had one really nice play at the sideline um, after that, uh, that first drop where, uh, you know, Rodgers went back to him on the next drive and, and he made a nice play and got a first down out of it. Um, but, you know, it, it sucks, and, and we're probably not talking about that nearly as much if those drops happen, you know, at the 50-yard line along the sideline instead of in the end zone. Um, but, yeah, he's been, he's been too important to the Packers offense all year long. Um, he's had too many big games and too many big catches and, and tough catches uh, for you to, to just, um, you know, be too down on the guy overall. I think he'll bounce back. I think he'll have a have a good uh, last couple games this season, and uh, and show the form that he's showed most most of the rest of the year. Well, you know, let me follow up, and and, and this is no uh, indictment of, of Jake. I, I know you didn't mean this to go this direction, but I know with some fans, just listening to fans and being in chat rooms and listening to the post game shows, I think Devontae Adams is is, is permanently scarred with with Jermichael Finleyitis, meaning that yep. no matter what he does, his mistakes will always be more magnified than any other receiver or any other skill position on his team, just because for whatever reason he got in the fans' doghouse last year. And I just don't think with some people he's ever going to get out of it. I agree 100%. Um, he's, in a way, I feel like he's the anti-Jeff Janis or Jared Aberderis of this team, that uh, right. those guys got a pass for so long. And, and despite not really ever doing anything. And, you know, I, I, I will still, you know, go on the record saying I think last year his, his bad season was probably 75% due to that injury and, and 25%, you know, due to just, just poor play on his part. I think he gutted it out when the, the team really needed him out there with Nelson out with the ACL. Um, I think he kind of sacrificed, you know, his health for the good of the team of, of getting another another receiver out there. And Aaron Rodgers has stuck with him through through all those issues, and you know, he's blossomed with a great season this year. 
And so um, I think you, ultimately, I think he said it best. Uh, he said it on Twitter this afternoon that, look, Devontae Adams had a bad day today, but the important thing was the Packers got the win and we kept on moving. And I think that was a, um, a really good move by him to, to tweet that out and, uh, and just acknowledge that, yeah, I had a bad day, but ultimately, you know, the team was able to pull it off, pull off the victory. Well, there goes my Jared Aberderis got screwed dot com dot org uh, that I was going to post <laughs> up there. Uh, on that note, uh, you know, but kind of looking broader, Detroit lost to New York Giants. Obviously, I'm sure Mike McCarthy sending Ben McAdoo a nice gift card uh, or a nice bottle of champagne for helping out. On that note, Packers are only one game out of the NFC North. Minnesota falls to seven and seven after getting shellacked. Uh, you know, to, by the Indianapolis Colts, which is looking like, you know, they're seven and seven right now, and only a game out of the one game out of the AFC South, for that matter. Uh, which with Tennessee of all people, which that with their their win against Kansas City, uh, crazy on that end. But wh- how do you see this NFC North playing out, Peck, over the last couple of weeks? Well, you look at it, and the Packers need to win two games. Um, to, to lock up the North. They've got, if they win uh, this next week and then win at Detroit in two weeks, they've got the tiebreaker over Detroit and uh, they pull even and they win the division. Um, I think it's going to happen. Um, you know, maybe I'm looking through green colored glasses, but um, I think this, this team is on a roll. I think they get back home next week. They've been Minnesota. And then you get uh, Rogers with, without having to deal with the elements quite so much. Um, I, I, I look for them to, to play well in Detroit and, and hopefully pull that one off. Um, so it, it's, it's really great to, to have seen the Giants pull that off and, and essentially give the Packers control of their own playoff destiny again. That was big. They needed either, you know, one of these two games with, with the Lions in, uh, in, De- in New York or in Dallas next week. Um, now that they got that loss out of the way, um, you still obviously want to cheer for Dallas next week to beat him just on the off chance that something happens. Uh, with with the Vikings in, in Green Bay next week, but uh, yeah, Packers are back in control, and and that's a really good place to be, and certainly not a place where four weeks ago I would have guessed that we would be in this position. You know, Tex, you talk about being in control of their destiny, and I too think they're going to win these last two games. But a lot of times scheduling, uh, you know, you can look at it at the beginning of the season, but it really comes down to momentum. The Packers played Minnesota in Week Two. They're opening up a new building. The hopes were high. They were talking potential division title after getting Sam Bradford in a trade. And now they're, they're the Packers getting a Minnesota team that looks like they're ready to just throw the towels in after this game uh, that we saw them against Indianapolis. So it's, it's funny how sometimes you catch teams in the right spot, in the right cushion of a schedule, things that actually the dominoes might just fall in the Packers' favor because of it. Yeah, and, and it, it is funny, especially with, you know, how much we were complaining about the Packers schedule at the beginning of the season with that long road stretch in the middle of the year. Um, you know, all those, all those, those tough road trips. Um, it, it's, it's a little, it's a little weird just how it's played out. And, and on, on scheduling, there's one thing that I want to point out too. And it's, it's, I think worth mentioning is the Packers play the Vikings on Christmas Eve and the early games on Saturday the Lions play the Cowboys on Monday night next week. So the Packers are actually going to have two full days more rest than the or than the Lions will uh, going into Week 17. So that's something just to to keep an eye on, and uh, I'm certainly glad that it's just that case rather than the than the opposite being the case. Tex, it's always great having you on, my friend. Uh, we'll let you get back to your last few hours out in Los Angeles. Enjoy the Santa Monica Pier. Enjoy 
uh, hopefully you enjoy your flight out there. Hopefully LAX ain't too bad for you. Uh, we'll have to have you on uh, in the next couple of weeks as they uh, lead up to their playoff run. You got it, guys. Always a pleasure. Go Pack Go. Guys, that's Tex Western from Acme Packing Company. Once again, follow them on Twitter, at Tex Western. Check out all the great stuff they do at acmepackingcompany.com. I'm going to take one quick break, come back, talk some more NFL, talk some more of this and that, our holiday edition of the Kilbasa King Sports Extravaganza, brought to you by Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Continues in just a couple minutes. Welcome back. Always great talking with Tex Western here on the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza. And, uh, you know, we're going to keep this short. We're going to keep this podcast pretty short for everyone, get everyone back to watching some more Sunday Night Football. If you're a WWE fan, watching Roadblock, uh, other stuff. Um, quick plug, by the way, for the book, uh, Walk On This Way, the ongoing tradition of the Wisconsin football walk-on Tradition. It is a. Uh, this is. This is. You guys know we have a book signing on at the West Side uh, Barnes and Nobles here in Madison. That comes up on uh, Tuesday, December twentieth, from six to eight p.m. Again, it's the Barnes and Noble at West Town here in Madison. Brady Ewing, our good, uh, good friend, uh, former Wisconsin captain, former fullback, former NFL veteran, uh, with his time in Atlanta and, and Jacksonville. Before he came back to Madison, uh, he'll be here and uh, signing some books for everyone. Uh, make sure you guys come out there. It, from what I've heard about the books, hey, this is some uh, amazing stuff. We're really fortunate to see so many people picking up, um, and it's been flying off the shelves at that West Town, uh, Barnes & Noble, among other places. Amazon needed to be restocked, so uh, really appreciate you guys uh, picking up the book. Uh, if you guys have any feedback, let us know. Uh, put it up on Amazon, email us. Tweet, tweet at us. We're all about that. So uh, one more, at least one more book signing in the books, hopefully uh, coming up this week. Uh, and also check me out on NBC 15. Joel Nellis and I will hopefully be on there tomorrow between 410 and 420 on their four o'clock broadcast uh, talking about the book. So you'll see us on air. And I got my, that's why I was at said sports clips, trying to make myself look pretty uh, besides the holidays, but also just trying to look dapper for our little uh radio, or our little tv shot so hopefully my face does not break the break the camera so uh on that note uh you know maybe talking about other 
Badgers, um, you know, I would say uh, some Badgers in the NFL, maybe this segues into the rest of the NFL, right? We've already talked about, Scotty, the Lions losing, the fact that the Vikings lost. So that puts the Packers in really prime position right now to continue their push for a playoff run, and the pieces are falling in place to make that run that Aaron Rodgers spoke about weeks ago. Um, other things, maybe the one major note for the uh, – with that, obviously the – Bengals lost to Pittsburgh today, but Alex Erickson having another fine year, uh, fine game with uh, had a 72-yard 70, kickoff return. Uh, wasn't a touchdown, but again, uh, he's he's up there right now. According to, I'm just looking at some of the kick returns. Right now, he is. I'm just taking a look at the the yardage uh, in terms of yardage for Erickson. He's actually second in the league. Uh, with uh, at 689 yards, uh, so 24 returns, long of an 84. Uh, the Darlington native, former Wisconsin captain, doing quite well for himself. Uh, Bengals not so well uh, right now, sitting at five and eight, five eight and one. Probably not making it to the playoffs, obviously. Uh, well, obviously. But they're still, in, they, yeah, obviously. They were, they were eliminated today. Um, a couple other teams were eliminated. Uh, a few things of note though, since we last got together and. Uh, so two coaches have lost their jobs so far. Jeff Fisher got fired a week ago, um, which was an interesting story. Not that he got fired because he kind of deserved to get fired, I think, between the way the team has played to how long he hemmed and hawed on his quarterback to how he kind of alienated Eric Dickerson and some other former Rams that played in Los Angeles. So uh, that wasn't surprising. What was surprising is the news that he had signed an extension that actually the extension happened in the preseason, but the news got released two weeks before he got fired. Just very weird the way the whole timing situation of that whole story went. So there was that. Um, And then Gus Bradley lost his job today after Houston came back from behind the beach. Jackson, you talk about blowing a big lead. They were up huge. Uh, Houston looked dead in the water. They benched uh, Brock Osweiler, brought in Tom Savage, and then Jacksonville goes and blows the game, and Gus Bradley gets fired. Now, here's what I do find interesting, though. And we'll kind of go over the playoff stuff, but I don't have a problem that they decided to fire these two coaches. Both of them really, truly uh, deserved it. I hear great things about Gus Bradley. I do, but he was 14 and 48 or 14 and 46 since he took over that job. Yeah, sounds about right. Yep. Not a surprise. What I don't understand, though, is unless you think your next coaching candidate is whoever you're going to give the job to for the next two weeks, why don't you just take two weeks to fire him? Like, I, I, I don't understand the firing after week 14 or week 15, game 14, when there's only two games left to play. And even if you think that you have the next coach on your coaching staff, and you give him the interim job, what is he going to do with this team in two weeks that's going to sway you one way or the other to make you think that he's the right guy for the job? Like, it's one of those things I just never understood the timing of, of a firing like this, this late in the season. If it's week six, fine. You, you know, but it's week 15, man. What what are you doing? Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, it's, if you, know, you feel bad for any person that gets fired like that, I mean, Fisher, um, it sounds like he burned his 
bridges. I mean, obviously with Eric Dickerson's the, the main one where they had the yeah, obviously the the public spat uh, on that note. But you know, Gus Bradley, it's a you think you'd wait till after the season. There's maybe there maybe there's in with the draft. Maybe you just, you know you want a better. Not, okay, obviously they all want to compete to win, but and also like if they get motivated, maybe the win hurts their draft spot stock though i may say let me say that where most players i'm guaranteeing don't feel that way where they want to win and end on a bright note um but it is sad i know that talking with a couple of i know with one former player that they liked um gus bradley and and, and just kind of the energy that he brought uh to the uh to, to the franchise especially one that has amidst the talks about you know then obviously their owner and then uh even just rumors about london uh it's a nice thing to have you know um sounds like yeah he brought the energy there from seattle we'll see what what comes of it uh and it's uh we'll see you know obviously um they'll need some help uh coming up and we'll see if they can get blake bortles right again right uh so that's that's what did him (laughs) in i mean look the defense improved from last year and but blake bortles took a huge step back and along with it, and, you you know, it's cause and effect. I mean, Blake Bortles took a step back, therefore Allen Robinson didn't look as good. Allen Hearns didn't look as good. I mean, there was a lot of hype for that offense coming into the season and Blake Bortles being the next great young quarterback and ready to take the next step, and, and that certainly didn't happen. So, um, you know, but but when you look at the playoffs, now, you know, you look at every division, and, and what happened today is uh, New England clinched uh, – their spot, uh, they have, they'll have a buy in the playoffs, and Oakland clinched the playoff spot. So those are the things that have, although even with Oakland clinching the playoff spot, they haven't clinched the division yet simply because they have uh, two losses to Kansas City. Kansas City a game behind them, although Kansas City certainly didn't help their cause. Losing to Tennessee and forcing a still three-way tie with Houston, uh, Tennessee, and, and now Indianapolis. Um, well, Indiana's at seven and seven, but Tennessee and Houston now tied up on top in that division, and then Pittsburgh getting a win and uh, Baltimore getting a win, so that's a two-team race there. Obviously, in the NFC, Seattle's got their division clinched. Dallas has theirs. It looks like it's it's going to take a miracle for the Giants to not make the playoffs as a wild card, and then you know, really, it's Atlanta, and then it's going to come down to whoever wins the. Uh, Whoever wins the the North, and then does Tampa Bay bump the team that loses the North out of uh, the last playoff spot? So, you know, things are starting to, to kind of take some shape, uh, look a little bit more clearer as we uh, as we progress here. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's a you know coming back next week we'll have an episode we'll highlight. Uh, what goes on with the, the Packers and Vikings? We'll probably do it after the holidays, uh, for sure, uh, with everyone, because uh, I know that what Packers play on Christmas Eve against the Vikings. Um, they'll have, um, and then it's you know uh, was it yeah like you said the the matchup with the Cowboys and the Lions uh, set for uh, after that. We'll break that down. We'll, we'll see how this team looks uh, heading in there, and if they don't lay an egg. At Lambeau against the Vikings and uh, that are in a tailspin. Uh, by the way, nice thing uh, I was reported. I forgot who reported it. it looks like the uh, the Viking Stadium is actually going to be open for the homeless because of the sub-zero temperatures. So that's a very nice thing to. Uh, it's a commendable thing from the Vikings organization to open the doors to the homeless so that they have a warm place to stay. 
uh, tonight. Obviously, with temperatures are just frigid. For those that aren't listening uh, here in Wisconsin, it is frigid. It is uh, cold, uh, and uh, but it's supposed to be a nice little warm-up. Uh, at least uh, it's supposed to get to the 30s, I think, by uh, you're looking at Tuesday. So, uh, but yeah, nice thing on, on the Vikings, and even though their their organization or their team right now not doing well. Uh, so, uh, anything else you want to close up with before we uh, take it home, Scotty? Uh, no, no, that's that's about it. Uh, tomorrow you can catch me on um, What's the Score? It's a great uh, podcast game show. Um, in fact, if you can. You can find it in a lot of places, but the best place I would say to look for it is iHeartRadio. Uh, look under their podcast. What's the score? Uh, Dan Pfeiffer is on the panel with me uh, tomorrow. Uh, it, it should be fun. It's their Christmas edition, so I don't know what they're going to have in store for us, but uh, I guess tune in and find out. Excellent. I'm excited to watch that. You guys check that out. Uh, and, yeah, like I said, uh, check us out there. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, with with Scotty obviously doing his thing uh, and and hopefully owning that competition on his end. Uh, check me out NBC 15 tomorrow. Uh, Joel Nell is talking about the Walk on This Way book. Uh, obviously Tuesday night. Hopefully if you guys are in Madison or around the surrounding areas, six to eight p.m. Barnes and Noble, Westtown, Madison. Brady Ewing will join us. It'll be a good time. Hope you guys see you guys out there. Uh, we've gotten some substantial buzz from that store, uh, especially. So, uh, but yeah, on that note, uh, wish you guys all just, uh, for those that celebrate Christmas, a very Merry Christmas, uh, everyone, a very happy holiday season. Uh, please be safe on the roads, obviously with this, for those in the state or around the, the Midwest, a lot of snow, a lot of, uh, hopefully not bad drivers, but you, you know how it goes around this, this region. Um, but yeah, guys, just stay safe, enjoy family time. If you guys are celebrating with families uh, or just even close to them. Uh, and we'll catch you guys back next week on the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza. For the Polish Rifle, Scott Wisniewski, this is Jake Kokorowski. Dozobacenia, my friends. Accordion solo, American polka, played by Mr. John J. Kimball, Edison Record. <laughs> Hey, all just a quick note, too. We uh, let you guys go. Just want to let you guys know, too, from judging off of what we just heard, it is a fake uh, the U.S. Bank Stadium homeless shelter tweet was fake. Uh, unfortunately, that is not happening. So I uh, just wanted to apologize to you guys. Uh, looks like, obviously, uh, I need to check our sources a little bit better on that. So apologies that uh, it does, apparently, uh, according to Seth Kaplan and, and Chris Amacero, they said that it is a fake tweet. That's not happening. Wish was, wish that was happening, uh, but that is not. So uh, apologies again. 
So the Vikings uh, will not hold uh, the at the U.S. Bank Stadium the the homeless shelter uh, for due to cold temperatures. But uh, you guys just have a great week. Uh, happy holidays. We'll talk to you guys soon here on the Kibasa King Sports Extravaganza, brought to you by Bucky's Fifth Quarter. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.